Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the nebulous Will Curran of Endless Events. And that man over there is the meaty Branch Kruger of meaty. IDCOM. Hey, you got it. You got it right. Third tries the charm. <laughs> ID Communications. That's the easiest way to remember it, IDCOM. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, so a few weeks ago, we started talking about AI. And um, at the time, we, we spent a fair amount of time talking about mid-journey, the, the, uh, the AI uh, uh, image generator, and a little bit of chat GPT. We had it, we, we had it write the intro for the show. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So it's something, though, that um, I think, unlike, unlike the metaverse, <laughs> does seem to be expanding and exploding at a fairly, fairly fast rate. Yes. Um, because even since that episode a couple weeks ago, um, at least as we've re- as we recorded these, um, uh, things have already have been exploding. At, I mean, just at an incredible rate. So I mean, news. just the amount of speed that uh, the amount of, of, of hype that's behind it. Um, and we even talked about doing this recording last week. Um, and then uh, I was like, well, you know, I've, I'm hearing some rumblings in the news that there could be some big news Next week, this week, uh, so may, why don't we hold off? Okay, let's, let's let's hold off. And sure enough, this this last week, as we record this, has been just chock full of AI news of one kind or another. So here we are again. And I will admit, like um, I think I said this off the air to you when we were thinking about maybe doing episodes that when we did that episode, I was like, you know, I played with Chat GPT a little bit, um, but I hadn't done uh, Mid Journey or anything like that. So I really was like, you know, kind of a newbie to a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, as I started kind of exploring Chat GPT, I started realizing, okay, there's a lot more potential in here. So I actually went down the rabbit hole and started playing with lots of different tools. I found directories full of image generators, video generators, uh, text replacement. Everything you can think of I've been playing around with, and I've been making it a big goal of these last couple of weeks just to make it like I know everything I can about this because I feel like this is the thing – I feel, I'm feeling a trend coming on that this is going to be the thing we have to know about. And actually since that recording, um, I've actually implemented it into a, a couple of things that I said were as ideas. So, for example, I've been using it to generate event descriptions for the online community. I've been using it I, – I, I think we got a couple of people in the community last year right now, but spoiler alert – all my intro messages when I inter- say hi to them to new members is generated using ChatGPT. Chat <laughs> and you know the goal is to get people familiar with the idea of what getting a message, replying to a message, everything like that. You know, I'm, I definitely could write a full heartworn message, but the idea is just to, oh hey, messages work. Hey, Will's here as a resource if I need him. That's all I really need them to do, and it's been working so amazingly through the Zapier integration. And then yeah, you um, we started um, we started hearing the rumblings of the news and like. Oh my gosh, it's like this is 100% mainstream now. Like versus metaverse like at, you know people were like, "Oh yeah, I've heard about that, but you know, haven't done it yet." But this, I think everybody's at least tried to log in or had someone on a call say they were doing it or, you know, experiencing something related to it. And so I think this is the the next big thing to kind of pay attention to is in terms of implementation of tech. Yeah, so both so this week 
both Google and Microsoft have announced their versions of these chat uh, GPT type type uh, instances. Uh, so Google's is called Bard, and uh, and Microsoft is integrating it into Bing. So we've got the Bing and the Bard um, uh, as far as our new chat box, and it's it's going to be fascinating to see you know how they're implemented. Right now, both of them are like limited run; only a certain number of people can get in because this stuff is computationally expensive. Um, and which makes it quite literally expensive. So, you know, Microsoft uh, and Google are both in good positions to be able to do this stuff because they both own their own cloud. So, you know, Microsoft has invested a fair amount of money on the chat GPT stuff that's running on Azure. And Google is, you know, running their stuff off of their servers. And so uh, they're they're both well positioned to be able to handle the, the load capacity. But I think there's also, they just don't want to roll it out, I think, too fast. Yeah. And already, you know, one of the things we talked about in the last episode is that these things, they're not they're not programmed to be accurate. They're just programmed to like, what's the next most likely word that should go after this word? So if I'm writing an intro, a podcast intro, in listening to, you know, theory, you know, in theory, in theory, it's not listening, obviously, but you know, in 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 looking at a bunch of different podcast intros, here's the most likely words that are going to be going to be used. So <laughs> it's not meant to be accurate. It's just meant to be. Um, you know, it's the most likely scenarios. Mm-hmm. The to that point. So we talked about this the last time we, we mentioned. Uh, we talked about the chat, the the chat GPT stuff. Um, even in Google's rollout announcement, where they're showing off their new Bard uh, chatbot, it had it had foul, it had inaccuracies in it. Yeah. So yeah. like here they are, like it's the new thing. It's our brand new Bard. It's going to be amazing. And it's like it said it had some like incorrect information about the James Webb Telescope. Yeah, it said where like it, like, it discovered it, it discovered yeah, something like first ever photo of a, of an external planet. And like the scientist who'd done that like twelve years earlier was like, um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. So, so these things, you know, it's still very early days, but you know, you've hit on, you know, one of the one of the prime uses of it is just using, you know, just generating these kind of simple welcome messages, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's got real world value. You don't have to sit there and write. I'm just, can you can you expand a little bit on how exactly that's working? Oh yeah, uh, to send those messages out. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm planning on doing like a full video walkthrough inside of the community, kind of walking through it. I just wanted to to make sure it's perfect before I did because I'm still tweaking a lot. Of sure. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Zapier, but in general, but, like top level, how is it working? But but basically, so I'm using Zapier. Um, so the two the two systems that are the main system that's necessary. And the reason why I'm using Zapier is I also need it to integrate Circle, which is our uh, uh, our community platform, to HubSpot, so that information is going back and forth and all that fun things like that. So you know that's really where I started playing around. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll use the ChatGPT integration with Zapier. And basically, you go in Zapier, make an account, and I have a trigger that says when someone's a new member in Circle, which is one of their triggers. I then basically said it that it pulls their first name from there and I can pull more information from there. But a lot of times first name, last name, email address is all I have when they first pay for the platform um, because that's they haven't fully set up their their profile yet. But I could make it wait like a day and pull more information from their profile if I want to. But I haven't quite done that yet. I'm kind of afraid it's going to go off the rails. It went off the rails already once, which reminded me to tell (laughs) the story real quick. Um, But the and basically what I do is I have that trigger and then it triggers then to start a prompt in chat GPT. And I basically say, uh, I think my prompt is write a welcome message from Will Curran to, um, to this new, uh, member of the community 
their name is insert first name and it's been spitting it out really really well um and it's been really really good. And it's cool because each one's unique um right. and they, you know they're really like i think i'd said use like a high energy tone because i'm very high energy i'm very excited I use a lot of explanation points and people are just like yeah like the message say things like let's take over the event planning industry and things like that i'm like oh this is so <laughs> fun like this is really really cool um but yeah, uh, so the timer went off the rails, though, is for some reason, it's been doing it perfectly every single time. For some reason, it wrote a welcome message, but then it said, and also, I'm including a message from our founder, Will Curran, and it like wrote another message, but it was being sent by me. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay. oh, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like let this not, I'm not going to mention this and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the person will assume that someone else is running right, my account or right, something, right. but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was very, very funny that it ended up doing that on there. But it's, um, yeah, it's been really, really cool. The, the especially the, the event uh, descriptions because, like, I, for example, we do the this podcast as a, an event inside the community, and I, I don't, I didn't want to write a description for this podcast, so I just wrote sure. like write sure. a description for a live recording that you can attend as a community member, and it wrote a whole description for it. And it's, it's been perfect. Now, what's going to be what's going to be fascinating? Um, to watch is this kind of Google versus Microsoft thing that, that you know, now that the big, the heavy hitters are coming into play. So oh, yeah. and what's going to be fascinating is, you know, Google clearly sees this as like a three alarm fire, like, oh my goodness, these chatbots could eat our lunch when it comes to search. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how it gets implemented is going to be interesting. So Microsoft, the way that they're doing it is going to have like citations. So it'll say, like so that's been, a lot. yeah, because it helps it be more accurate. It doesn't mean it can't be inaccurate, but at least it's going out and searching against the web and then coming yeah. back and saying, here's where I got this information. My money's on Google is not going to do that because they want the search revenue. They want, and they they want, want to, to keep you to, in the pocket. Yeah. Advertise and stuff like that. Um, the other fascinating statistic that I heard about this little little slugfest um, is going to be that every what is it every one percent of search volume equates to two billion dollars. So oh, if wow. Microsoft can get one percent of the search volume from Google, it's two billion dollars. If they can get you know five percent, it's ten billion dollars. Wow. So you know if 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 Bing can even remotely close the gap because it's not even close right google is yeah. like 97 percent of all searches yeah. um you know if 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 microsoft can get one percent it's two billion two percent you know four and so on and so on so there's a real danger uh of microsoft starting to pick up like if this bing integration works and works as expected um uh, it could be pretty cool now go ahead Great, great time to be alive for like the search engine right. wars. Like I switched to I switched to Brave for a while. I didn't really like it, so now I'm switched to DuckDuckGo, and I've been really liking it. And then now I'm like getting tempted. Like maybe I'll start using Bing now because it's going right. to have this feature available to. And like then Google's like, oh my gosh! Like it went from like I don't have a choice. I got to use Google to like at least there's some alternatives, but they kind of suck. To like man, there could be like full so many choices on one yep. to choose if there's a potential real alternative it could be a game changer and what it got my mind thinking about as we you know go back to kind of real world event world examples um is i you know who i think should be scared are these companies like conference direct and others that mm-hmm. are the venue finders oh. so imagine now being able to go into like bing we'll just say bing and be like 
find me a venue that can fit 350 people and also has a, you know, cocktail space outside that does this, that, and the other, you know, and, and just basically say what you want. And put it in um, a spreadsheet for me because I'm an event planner. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, then the AI like goes out and does that. Right. And grabs that oh, for you yeah. and then says, I found, you know, five venues within 30 miles of Dallas, Fort Worth that meet your, you know, meet your things like that's I think, you know, as I'm trying to think about like who who's going to be the most disrupted in our industry by this stuff. That's one yeah. that I think I didn't realize before has a potential of serious disruption are these oh, yeah. third party that. organizations that help you find your venues, maybe even destination management companies, destination mm -hmm. management organizations, uh, convention and visitors bureaus, you know, mm -hmm. all, those are the ones that I think might need to start paying attention to this stuff and how it's working. Yeah, like imagining like find me five AV companies and 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 sort them by the year they were founded, to and you know like and then I or you know sort them by number of employees or like, oh, so much information definitely available, and you know like I think it it move I mean, we're moving towards this like stage I think, and uh, there you know there was a uh, one of my favorite quotes. Did you watch the the decoder podcast where he interviewed where the guy interviewed the CEO of Microsoft? Uh, he like basically sat down with them and he's like right after the announcement and he's like, so like what was this mean for like content creators? Aren't you going to be pissed that like, you know, they're going to be pissed that you're basically going to make it where people aren't going to go to websites to find content anymore. And I just thought about this too. Like as my, as a content creator, I should be scared if I'm writing blog posts and things like that. Like the traffic is no longer going to come to your website and there's going to be less of a chance for you to convert into a lead and all those things like that. Right. And it was funny that, uh, the C CEO of Microsoft said, well, because we're such a small player, we can do whatever we want because it's not antitrust. It's not going to be the no, not everyone's using Bing. It's not going to be the end of the world. But Google does it. Everybody's going to be pissed that like imagine you no longer get any traffic from any of your blogs from Google anymore because Google just displays it. People were pissed about the snippets at the top. That was only for like the best results. And then they still show the results, you know, and Google's over here. Like you said, they're going to be trying to figure out how to capture it as much as possible. But so that, that makes me feel like the content age is like going to die really soon. Like content's going to be, you still are going to make content because it needs the engine to feed it, but like, you're not going to be able to monetize it the way you used to. And then that makes me think like the information, right. That you talked about with conference direct, like the information age, I don't know how to describe this, but like the information age is going to be dead because you, you holding information, I guess like information age to like a 10th degree. I'm I'll, I'll, hold on for a second. I, I swear to God, I have a point. <laughs> Will's, Will's got to unscramble his thoughts. So yeah. I'm thinking should, like, should I play some thinking music? While probably. There's so much, like so much potential for information. Like if you're a withholder of information, your job is going to be gone. Like if your sole competitive advantage is that you have information and you have the ability to get that information, deliver information, like I feel like that's going to go completely away because mm. everyone's going to have information even more at their fingertips, well-organized, summarized and everything like that more than ever before. So that was kind of the point that I'm kind of making is like content's going away and then almost like withholding information and making the information holding is going to go away as well because you know, you're not going to be able to hide behind a, a chatbot. Yeah, I think I agree and I disagree. <laughs> you know, I, it, I, I, I stand by what I've said in the past that I don't think this is going to make creatives go away. I think it's, oh, yeah. you know, cre cre you're still going to need the creative mind to work together. 
you know, with the AI. Like, I think, I think the AI is going to be able to do certain communications and certain things, like you said, you know, where it's just rearranging the words a little bit to make a greeting for, uh, you know, for welcoming someone to the community. That's great. That's easy. That's pretty low, you know, bandwidth. But when, you know, I had it redo my biography and it did great. I had, to, but I still had to change like two sentences. You yeah. know, it's it's not you know a couple of things. Let's tweak it a little bit, that kind of thing. You know, that's what we're seeing with our experimentations with um, AI generated stage designs. Is like it'll get you ninety percent of the way there, or it'll get your creative juices flowing to the point where like, okay, I'm not going to do what it designed, but I, that's a great idea, and now I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard of an author who was just uh, a little bit writer's block on their sci-fi book and, you know, just needed kind of a bridge uh, between a couple of things. So he kind of basically said, here's what just happened. Here's what's about to happen. Write a two-paragraph bridge. And the, uh. the, the AI wrote it for him, and then he tweaked it. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's perfect. I just need to, you know, rearrange it a little bit and tweak the writing a little bit. So I really do think there's still... You know, there, there. I think it'll be hmm, discerning content. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's kind of just like crap generated content, kind of like there is now, except for it was being generated by people. I mean, there's an awful lot of crap yeah. content on the web. Yeah, for sure. uh, you know, yeah. where you know it's it's clickbait, it's link farms, it's you know all of those things are being generated by humans now. All of those things can be equally terrible. <laughs> <laughs> being, yeah. <laughs> being generated by AI. So, yeah, I think a lot of that kind of automation is going to be done. Um, uh, but from the creative side, I'm not terribly worried about it. I think there's yeah. still going to need need for the human discernment uh, of, of that stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely like, you know, like it's it's amazing. You know, I think uh, I don't think we've talked about the Google's machine learning music creation tool or whatever it is. Have, have we talked about it on recording or I think we just talked about that offline? But there's a lot of stuff that's coming in creatively. That's really interesting. But yeah, it's not 100% perfect. Like I saw somebody. So someone got angry because I think um, who was it? Some major artist uh, sampled a a deep fake of Eminem's voice on like their newest song. And, you know, and then I saw someone on LinkedIn today that took a, a, a wrote a pitch for why chat is the future in the style of lose yourself by Eminem. And then they plugged it into <laughs> that like deep fake creation thing. And then they just plopped in a instrumental behind it. And it's offbeat a little bit. You know, there's little things that like if you know about how music works, you start to put some effort into doing it. But like, again, it's going to get you there like 90 percent like. My biggest thing, I think, when it comes to this stuff is, like, if right now you're like, hell no, this is not going to work, this is not going to help me, I would be really af- I would be really afraid. I'd be, like, pressuring you right now, like, at least be playing with this stuff to be aware of. And I, I think we have a lot of those uh, topics about on the Ventec podcast, but this one, I'm like, you got to be playing around with this. And because if you're going to yeah. shut off, it's like being, like, 10 years ago, being like, oh, social media, it's not going to be good for marketing. Oh, I don't need to be writing a blog or whatever it is. And then, like, boom, you got left Smartphones. Who wants to yeah. carry their phone around yeah. with them? <laughs> in their pocket at all times. Totally. I don't want to be reached by anybody. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so I feel like it's one of these things where it's like, don't 100% shut it out. It's not going to 100% be there, but like, I, I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but um, someone recommended it to me, and maybe you did, I, so I apologize. I'll, I bl- talk about this, I feel like, all week long, and then we <laughs> come and get to talk about it on the yeah. podcast too. But they, someone you. said to me, like said, the future will be for your job is not 
can you uh, like do you know how to do these things but can you use these tools now to leverage even further it's like yes uh, word processing if you use word going to google docs and then sharing and everyone collaborating on a document is technically collaboration rather than you writing it yourself but if you don't use that tool now you can't even get hired if you don't know how to use google docs right like i think about it in that same way that there's going to be a future where someone's going to say to you i need you to find a venues and be like a conference direct person but if you're like oh i'm gonna start my google search randomly and just you know call up venues they're gonna be like no, 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 I want you using these tools to do this. And if you aren't, I'm going to fire you and bring someone who else will. Right. Well, and it's all about, you know, you know, in our industry, especially, you think about turning around an RFP, right? So mm-hmm. imagine being able to throw, I mean, and, and this is what I, you know, did for so many years. Imagine here's four RFPs. AI, take a look at them, line it all up, you know, line up all the projectors and all the things so that they're all on the same lines as opposed to, you know, in different parts of the PDF, line it all up and then show me, you know, show me the differences, um, you know, being able to do stuff like that. And then on on our side as a vendor, right, being able to leverage these uh, technologies to speed up our process, you know, so that I don't have to spend a half an hour thinking about what I want to write or, you know, shortening the amount of time that it takes to come up with a completely original stage design, you know, to be able to like turn that around in a week as opposed to a month or something along those lines, you know, being able to shorten those time frames up. If you're the, you know, a lot of times, if you're the first response, that gives you a leg up. And so, you know, if you come up with a, here's an original stage design for your event, fully bid, you know, fully quoted within three days as opposed to three weeks, it's going to be amazing. And you're going to be, you're going to be like, oh, wow, you know, your potential clients can be like, these guys are responsive, they're fast, this looks amazing, you know, let's do it. So yeah, to, to exactly your point, your organizations are going to need people that can do this stuff, just like, you know, you know, your, your uh, social media analogy is quite apt, right? You think about when that first started, it was like, oh, we got to get somebody in here who's under 30, who knows how the social media stuff works, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the interns are being handed, you know, like the social media accounts for multi-bajillion dollar companies <laughs> because they're the only people that know how it works. Well, this is, I think you're right. I think there's going to be something very similar with these AI tools where the people who figure out how to use these prompts to generate useful and, you know, good works of art, whether that's written or visual or soon to be, you know, audio or music or something like that, and then clean them up and make them, you know, make them, you know, do the finishing touches the fastest, those people are going to be highly in demand. And that's the same across all industries, including ours. Yeah, I, uh, uh, confession time from Will, like I confess, like because I joined getting in business so young, I always felt like I was like on the bleeding edge because I was like, you know, surfing through social media, thinking about content marketing, like using live streaming and things like that. Like Will has a big fear that he's going to fall behind because he's going to like not miss some massive trend that's coming on in. So that's like one reason why I'm so happy that I have the time right now to really explore these tools and play around with them because I'm always afraid that like, I don't want to be that person who is like, oh, I got to bring someone else in who's younger than me who understands this stuff because they grew up with it. Like, I want to always be a part of that in the future. And I think that's a, a great way to think about technology. Chances are, I'm guessing if people are listening to this podcast, they might not necessarily feel that way. That's we're probably all the people here are like, I'm already bleeding edge, too. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but like, I think it's something that like 
it's good. You got to keep that up. You got to keep always looking like and keep keep trying these new things. Absolutely. And and I think uh, hopefully what folks are, are taking away from this is the clear difference in how we are talking about this again versus how we've been talking about the metaverse and stuff like that. That like this this has, you know, a lot of the metaverse stuff is like I'm not sure what the benefits are of this. Mm-hmm. Why is it better for me to be a you know half torso with with no legs, uh, floating in a work environment while we talk on the phone? Not sure, but okay. But I'm definitely seeing you know the the possibilities of how this is all going to impact our our impact our industry. And, and like when it comes to some technologies too, like you know. There's some that like you see and you're like, oh, I might be able to implement this. But like with the metaverse, like it requires you to have hardware to jump in. Like I feel like maybe Google Cardboard was yeah. kind of getting that point where anyone could kind of do it. But then everyone's like, I don't want to put my phone on my face, you know. And then so until the point where the hardware is there. And I think about with this is like you don't need no- anything new. You can literally don't need nothing new. You don't need anything new. You literally can just go on type a URL into a browser and start utilizing this stuff immediately. Yeah, maybe you might have to switch over your, your browser to, to, to Edge. But Edge is not a terrible browser and it's a pretty good piece of software. <laughs> Um, we, we, Brent and I always have uh, competing ideas as far as, or not competing, but like uh, conflicting thoughts in terms of uh, our feelings towards Edge in a lot of yeah, ways. But but well, just uh, browsers in general, right? It's it's, yeah. it's 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 always a moving target, you know. I, For sure. I, I definitely gave I gave Edge a good long try. Um, being, it was so being good when you told Chrome me about. Based, yeah. I loved it. Yep. Like, and and then it just started getting worse. They just started junking it up, and yeah. and, and and unfortunately, Microsoft is doing the same thing now, right? So I I joined the wait list to get into the new the new Bing. And but if you want to access the new Bing faster, which by the way it's already a psych out. So if you go to bing.com, it's got like a larger like text box that says yeah. like up to a thousand characters and it looks like it looks like it's working now. But as soon as you type something in there, it just does a Bing search. And then uh, if you're logged in and you're on the wait list, it says, "Oh, you're already on the wait list." You'll it shows how it would work. So it like it, it shows like what it's going to look like, but it doesn't actually work yet unless yeah. you get into it. And then if you want to access, <laughs> if you want to access it faster, and this is again kind of like the ads and stuff that we're starting to junk up uh, Edge, you need to set Edge to be the default on your Windows <laughs> PC. <laughs> oh, yep. so I guess so, they right? hate us Mac users. <laughs> yep. and. Then, then you need to scan a QR code and install the Bing app. But to be clear, that Bing app is the old Bing app. So it's wow. just like a Bing search. They're just of, trying to like get you like right. free downloads, like just create right. some viral, viral Exactly. And and apparently it's working because it, like the first day that they announced it, they saw like a 10% increase in you know Bing usage and stuff, which for them is significant, right? It's that's or a 10 no it wasn't a 10% it was a 10 fold increase it was oh, wow. a 10x increase in traffic i haven't said it was a couple of days ago so i don't know if they've done that yet wow. um so it's already it's like uh, okay you're already kind of junking it up microsoft by by, by now now i got to set set edge to be my default browser on my windows machine and i need to download the bing app and you know all that kind of stuff so it's like just just make it go just make yeah. it go come on what What's interesting for me too is that like with the being the being in the Google side of things though it will also be like I'm betting that 
what they're going to do is they're going to make like some developer versions of it that are available to like Azure service users. And then same with Google, probably on Google Cloud. But the thing I think I like, one thing, reason why I really like what OpenAI is doing specifically is that they did that Zapier integration. It's like the no-code tool for you to basically utilize these sort of things. So it will be interesting to see like if there's any third-party tools that then layer on top of this. But that was one reason why I also got really excited about this was, and shout-outs to Kyle for actually sharing it with me, is that he was like, hey, there's a Zapier integration. I'm like, oh, I can do so much with this tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to, like, when new member comes in, fire off a prompt, fire that prompt, send it as a message. Like, that's so easy for me to figure out. But, you know, the second this is all kind of layered in developer tools and things like that, just slower for us all to implement it and utilize. And I, I saw, like, an interesting thing. I don't know the 100% the history of OpenAI. Um, and I have a good friend who works at OpenAI. Maybe we'll have to get him as a guest now. But the, someone brought up a point that, like, GPT-3 has existed for like something like two years or something like that, right? It wasn't until they put the chat system on it that now it's boom, gone viral. So it was about that user interface in the end and how it got utilized that made it so popular. So again, like that's where it's exciting about Bing is like, okay, if it can be in our browser, that's what's really exciting. Um, Something we haven't talked about. Have you watched any videos on how it works inside of Edge and how it like summarizes documents and things like that? I've only seen bits and chunks, and I'll be honest, I was sitting here trying to Google like what the requirements are to get into Google's Ooh. you know, uh, limited run program. Yeah, um, I don't think they've officially fully Yeah, I can't seem to find yeah. that. So at least, at least I can get on the wait list with the, the Bing version. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you go to Bing and, and it'll say, like, you know, here's how it works, basically. Yeah. It shows you what it would look like um, running it on the side. I'll see if I can find some videos to send send over to you. But I, I watched one video where they showed it using an edge. And this is the, the edge case. This is the, the case for using Ba-dum-ching. it in edge. Is that like if it's in your browser, <coughs> excuse me, it, it basically is going to allow you to like layer it on top of the entire web. Whatever you're looking at, look. It's like basically the equivalent of like taking AR goggles and putting them in front of your computer screen. So one thing I really love about it is that there's a lot of like summarize this page for me, and not even having yes. to type the URL in. You just right. I already have the page open. Um, I saw a lot of like PDFs being open, summarize this PDF for me, and then oh, show me the data that's explained in this extremely detailed white paper in a table. And then um, I saw it it was someone was then said like, oh, then compare this to Lululemon. And then boom, it like did the same thing for Lululemon, pulled that information. And like, I feel like that's really where that future is. And that's what I felt is kind of missing from um, ChatGPT is like, I want it to kind of interface with information I already have and know. Mm. And I kind of want it to kind of work like, um, and I I haven't really dove into this. Like train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Train it like, instantly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, one of the features I would love to do, and this is, I've seen a couple of apps come out that do this, but I know I could do this because I already have the data. Is like we have a whole wiki for our company, right? And it has like so many answers to so many questions and things like that. I wish I could be like, ChatGPT, learn all this, go, and then go, I could look start, at this, <laughs> and then ask questions to it, right? right? And train that model around it because, like, I think what I could do is be like say things like what processes are missing from our documentation what sort like what sort of ways would you improve is there any documents that seem outdated and like answer ask those questions to that data like that seems really exciting to me but like i haven't quite figured out how to do that without 
code or anything like that as well, or switching a completely to something like a Notion or a, a different platform altogether on there. But and I'm sure uh, we'll get to that point because we're doing that with the imagery, right? Like you can see yeah. the these image image generators right now with your own images, including yourself, um, and then say, you know, use this image as a Jedi Knight or something like that. So you know, I would imagine. And we'll just have to see. And the, the other thing that's important to remember is that the, the what's going into Bing is not Chat GPT three. It's yeah. it's essentially GPT four. So it's yeah, like it's, it's like, the next generation yeah, yeah, version yeah, of it as well. And um, and then Google's version is off of a totally different uh, platform, which is uh, Lambda, I believe. Um, so there's going to be different flavors of this, and the different flavors are gonna, probably going to have different strengths and weaknesses. Much like the search engines of old, you know, there's going to be some that are, some that are better and some that are worse, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all flushes out. I think um, those types of, again, edge case scenarios. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, are, <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, have, yeah, having your little buddy, like, kind of in yeah. the corner. Is that going to be fun or is that going to be annoying? You know, is it going to be? Is it going to be? Yeah, is it going to be AI Clippy? You know, it's, you know is it, so not only is it going to suggest what to do, it's going to write half of it for you. You know, it looks like you're writing it. You know what I think is going to be really, really game changing from a personal productivity standpoint is whatever tool gets made that follows you around or whatever it is that then can integrate to all of your existing tools and databases. Mm. So like, you know, for example, right now. I'm building up a massive database of pocketed uh, articles. If you don't know what pocketed, I think it's getpocket.com. It basically is like a, a save articles for reading later. I'm notorious. I save stuff and never read it. But I would love <laughs> if like I was, you know, in a Slack conversation and it was like, oh, and like you you actually saved an article about this. You might want to read it now. Like it brings that back up. Like one of my favorite tools is Readwise. You save like highlights from Kindle books and articles around the web. And then it presents you three of them a day for you to kind of reread and relearn and rememorize in some ways. I feel like that like the, the tool that's going to integrate into all of our own personal tools and pull all that data in is going to be the one that just absolutely destroys everybody. Like it's going to become the one that everyone keeps in that, that corner of their computer all day long. Done well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I could also see that being really annoying. Like even already on some of the windows where like you go to search for something using the search bar, mm -hmm. like you want to find something on your computer, you know? And yeah. so you use the search bar and it like pops up. Did you know that today is national waffle day or, you know, something like, it's like now all of a sudden I'm, I'm taken out of, what I was doing, you know, because of what you decided I needed to know, you know, yeah, at that kind of moment. True. And so true. that would be my only concern is that you're, you're busy tippity tapping, writing away. And it's like, oh, you read an article about this. Oh, you did, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing, That's like b bopping up in your peripheral vision and jumping up and down like a, you know, Jack Russell Terrier, um, it, you know, is that kind of thing. Would that, would that start to grade on you how much, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, it yeah, depends yeah. on how it's implemented, but I think. I it's, mean, if you keep it as chat being the primary it. input too, like, and it's maybe less passive. Like, I guess, like, I'm kind of looking for that. Like, it's always looking at my screen, and it kind of like knows context clues based on that. But like, I'm also thinking too. Like, I, one prompt. Maybe I'll try this with Chat GPT if I can figure out a way to get the input data in. Is like, be like, look through all of my pocket articles based on the mm. news and what's currently going on in the world. What three articles should I read today? 
to like right. be more up to speed. And someone will be like, oh, well, with all the layoffs, you should read this article about how to do a layoff properly or something like that. Or like, you know, uh, here's a, you know, the stuff about the future of AI. You save this article, you know, from 10 years ago about how AI might destroy humanity. You might be interested in that. Like, I feel that will be really cool too. But anyways, I'm going on like the thinking thinking rabbit yeah. hole of stuff it's, but. you know but that's that's i think and for me again that's how you can tell this is different mm-hmm. than you know the metaverse of the last year or so is that like it's immediately gets your brain going as far as what the potential is where it could go what we can do with it whereas i think a lot of the conversation in the last year has been kind of yeah that's that's cool Okay. Yeah, we're going to meet in the we're going to meet in the metaverse and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Whereas yeah, this has definitely a lot of and 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 I feel like I feel like every week for the last month solid mm-hmm. something new has popped into my head of like, "Oh, I know how we could use this." Yeah. Or, "Oh, I know how this would like is going to impact events." Like like I was talking about these dest- you know, destination finders and stuff. Like so that's what's fascinating. It's like, "Okay, what's it going to be next week?" Like, "What am I going to think of next week that that this is going to disrupt?" And that's how I think you know it's we're we're on to something big here. Definitely, definitely. Um well, I think that's a good sounds like a good ending point probably for the episode. Like I think that we'd love to know from everybody here like what ways have you thought about how this could be used? I mean, Brian and I are just two people and we talk back and forth about all the ideas and <laughs> scenarios that we could use this for. Um and I know that so many of you out there are thinking of ways to implement this. Shoot us an email eventtechpodcast at hello endless. We'd love to hear from you and hear what you ways you implement it as well. And if it's confidential and you're using it for your business, like feel free to mention that or something like that. We'll bring you on the episode we'll bring on an episode when it gets built out you know we'd love to do that sort of stuff um but shoot us an email love to hear from you um and yeah just i think we're gonna keep getting more and more excited so we'll be back i'm sure with another (laughs) follow-up episode when something big happens or we think of another way to implement this uh as soon as possible as well sounds good i'm in i'm totally in brant thanks so much for the awesome episode and uh you're always your awesome energy and getting a nerd out on some tech let's do it every time you know we we should do this like weekly like you know On a regular basis, yeah, we should just like, like get together and talk about I don't know like event technology. Yeah, and like and then we could like invite people to listen to us. Yeah, what you know we could even, yeah it? we could record it, and oh. and then we could like put it out like as a uh, as, a, as a, a netcast. A netcast, spacecast. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like okay, let's let's put some more thought into that. Yeah. I'm gonna ask ChatGPT how we could do that. All right, you got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And thanks for listening to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. We uh, are here pretty much every week uh, talking about event tech. Again, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. What 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 are some other possibilities? Uh, event Tech Podcast at HelloEndless.com. What are the other possibilities? What are the other things you'd like us to talk about uh, here on the Event Tech Podcast? What's bugging you these days? We've got a few episodes in the tank right now that I think you're going to like over the course of this next month or so, including how to save some more, how to save money on AV, um, all kinds of good topics that we've been cranking out here. So thanks for hanging with us, everybody. And I will see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.